are listening to the Unsung Lung Podcast, presented by Alberta Lung. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another edition of the Unsung Lung Podcast. My name is Jacob Sperling, and if you're new to the pod, I am the Health Promotion Coordinator with Alberta Lung. Thanks for being here and taking time out of your day to listen and learn a little about lung health. As I mentioned at the end of last episode, today's discussion is going to be a very interesting one, as we aren't talking about a specific lung illness or profession within the lung health field we're actually going to be talking about a product that can be detrimental to your lung health and, frankly, your overall health. Specifically, we'll be discussing vaping and e-cigarettes. Before we dive into that conversation, I and I introduce both of my guests today, I have some updates about our social media channels. Our Twitter handle is still the same, at LungABNWT. However, our Facebook and Instagram have changed. Find us on Facebook by simply typing in Alberta Lung, and on Instagram you can look for us at the username AB underscore Lung. Be sure to check out all the amazing content that we have on these channels. You can see information on programs we offer like our pediatric CPAP program, as well as education initiatives like our Breathe Smart presentations. Now I'll give some background into today's interview. Our guests today, well... Actually, first, I think I have to mention that it's kind of crazy that I'm saying guests, plural, because that just feels like such a step up in the podcast world after only interviewing one person at a time. So I guess a little pat on my back for myself. That's kind of weird. Anyways, our guests are Bethany Dick, Health Promotion Coordinator with Lung Saskatchewan, and Darshana Lenke, Ambassador for the Youth for Change group that is an initiative started by Lung Sask. Bethany and I have worked closely together on a few projects, the most significant being Tackle Radon. I will certainly have a few episodes dedicated to Radon in the fall and specifically around November, which is Radon Action Month. However, our topic today is on vaping and e-cigarettes. Myself and my guests discuss direct health impacts of vaping, as well as social movements started by Lung Sask and their vaping awareness program, Youth for Change. Bethany and Darshana are both incredible people who have an infectious passion for lung health and advocacy. So with that little background on the interview to come, I'll pass us right into our discussion on vaping. I am pleased to be joined by Bethany Dick, Health Promotion Coordinator with Lung Saskatchewan, as well as Darshana Lenke, Youth for Change Ambassador. Perhaps each of you can give us a little background about yourselves, and I'll start with you, Bethany. Sure. Thanks, Jacob. So my name is Bethany. I'm the Health Promotion Coordinator with Lung Saskatchewan. Uh, I've been in this role for just over a year. Uh, a lot of the work that I do is around tobacco and vaping and education and awareness and some advocacy work. Uh, so really excited to be chatting about vaping. Hey, uh, looking forward to this conversation and I'll let Darshana introduce herself. Hi, my name is Darshana Lenke and I'm a first year engineering student at the University of Alberta. 
Um, and I'm also a very passionate member of Youth for Change, and I'm super excited to be here as well. Awesome. Welcome to the both of you. So as I mentioned in the introduction earlier, um, but I'll mention it again, we're going to split this interview into kind of two parts. The first will be vaping education and facts and just like getting into the getting deep into why it's so dangerous. And then the second part will be used for change and more social talk and, and advocacy. So um, yeah, we'll just have kind of a raw conversation about about vaping and and the the dangers of it. So the first part uh, we'll let our listeners know is more Bethany's area, um, specifically related to vaping and the dangers. And then the second, obviously, is Youth for Change and Darshana being uh, a, a huge ambassador with them. So uh, I guess let's start right at the beginning. So at Alberta Lung, we always talk about how vaping began because of less people smoking and big tobacco wanting to, quote unquote, remove, uh, not remove, they wanted more customers. So can you, Bethany, perhaps touch on this and detail the early days of vaping and how it evolved into much more than just sort of a smoking cessation tactic? Yeah, for sure. So when vapes first entered the market, they were advertised as a smoking cessation aid. Uh, but that being said, we know that a lot of the big tobacco companies out there own vape companies. And over time, the generations of e-cigarettes have evolved to look a lot cooler and more appealing to youth, especially like they used to look like actual cigarettes. Um, but now they look like electronics, USBs. And we're actually hearing about vapes that have like Bluetooth capabilities and smartphone apps. It's it's crazy um, how they've evolved to really appeal to that to that new generation. Um, and so we actually, we have a TikTok, which we can talk about a little bit later with you for change. But um, on that TikTok, we do have a video that kind of you know, shows which tobacco companies own which vape companies, because I think a lot of people think that they're very separate, um, but they're definitely the same industry, just trying to hook people on nicotine. So although, you know, vapes might have been initially intended as a quit smoking aid, we have seen the vape industry evolve and appeal to that new generation, um, just getting them addicted to nicotine and we're finding that a lot of people, specifically youth who've never smoked a cigarette are vaping and they're vaping with nicotine. Um, but like you said, in terms of recruiting new customers, you're absolutely right with tobacco companies owning most of these vape companies, they're addicting that whole new generation to nicotine and they're using flavors to do so. You know that, you know, almost all youth who are vaping are using flavors, not only the first time they vape, but you know, all the time, that's what's keeping them vaping. And, uh, the most popular flavors among youth are berry, mint, and mango. So it's, it really is appealing to that new generation. Um, the most recent Canadian tobacco and nicotine survey that actually just came out last week found that vaping continues to be more prevalent among the younger demographics um, under that age of 25 kind of range. Um, and that only, I think it's 4% of people over 25 had reported vaping in the last month. So those numbers have been fairly consistent, um, in fact, slowly increasing since that big spike in youth vaping that we saw a few years ago. So what's really important to stress in terms of, you know, the evolution of the vape and, and big tobacco's role in this is that ultimately it's a nicotine delivery device and that people who vape, especially youth who've never smoked, are getting addicted to nicotine. And it's the same pattern that our society faced with smoking, just a different, more modern product. And so, you know, until recently, those products contain even more nicotine than a pack of cigarettes. So um, yeah, just, it has, it has evolved to what that has become, but still essentially a nicotine delivery device. Right. And that's incredibly dangerous, obviously, because if you put something really yummy, but something that isn't incredibly dangerous in, in the same product, you're going to get people hooked on it. And so yeah, I, th I think that that's good to know that that's a good origin story, I guess, in, in a bad way. But um, so 
I guess on to the next question of what exactly is in vape juice or e-juice. And perhaps you can dispel the myth that all you are inhaling is water vapor with harmless flavoring, because that's obviously not what it is. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked this question, because as I mentioned, we have a TikTok and a lot of the comments we get are, are these myths, people believing this. So we hear it all the time that isn't it just, you know, flavoring and water. Um, and that's another way that the industry has made vaping more appealing is making it seem harmless. Um, even the fact that it's referred to as vapor, like a little bit of science, but like what you're breathing in from an e-cigarette is actually an aerosol, which means that it contains tiny particles um, like chemicals and metals like aluminum um, that you're breathing into your lungs. So you're not breathing in tobacco, sure, and it's likely less harmful to vape than to smoke, but it's definitely not harmless. Um, main ingredients in a vape, in vape juice, sorry, to answer your question is propylene glycol, vegetable glycerin, and then nicotine or whatever other drug is in there, and then the flavoring. But um, flavoring itself is not an ingredient. Um, we had a video on our TikTok page. I'm sorry, I keep referring to it, but we've got lots of information on that page. Um, and one of our videos just kind of, you know, unpacked the byproducts of e-juice and a vape. And we had a lot of comments saying like, this is totally untrue because it's just that VG, PG and flavoring, you know, vegetable glycerin, propylene glycol and flavoring. Um, but really demonstrating a lack of understanding of what flavoring is because when, when flavors combine with the other e-juice ingredients that are heated up in the vape, it creates these byproducts like formaldehyde and other chemicals and compounds that you're breathing into your lungs. So, you know, that's, it's important to know what you're putting in your body and knowing what flavoring actually means. Um, and something we hear a lot too, um, again, just, you know, the, the conversations that are happening on social media and things like that is, well, all of these ingredients are approved by the FDA, you know, the VG, the PG and, uh, and the flavors. But what we know is that they're improved, approved to ingest but there's not enough research out there to know if they're safe to inhale into our lungs. So it is, it is different. And it's something that the vape industry has, like I said, made to seem harmless um, when there's lots of things to consider about what you're breathing in. Right. And specifically about the formaldehyde uh, you brought up I, when I was doing research on vaping, I found a study that uh, uncovered that although smoking cigarettes does have uh, it does produce formaldehyde as well. That's, that's a chemical found in cigarettes, smoking, or not smoking, vaping, actually, you are three times more likely to develop formaldehyde-related cancers because of vaping rather than cigarettes. So, I mean, if you think vaping is, is I mean, it is, if you want to say a healthier alternative, sure, but there are still side effects that can cause health ailments at the end of the day. So, um, it's, don't, don't start vaping. It's <laughs> what we're getting at here. And that's, go ahead, Darshana. Yeah, if I could just add in, actually, as Beth was talking about, I think that's one of the reasons why I think our social media page is so like interesting and exciting. Because as a young person, I know that if my fellow peers knew about these harmful effects that Bethany's just listed off, we wouldn't be vaping as much as we are. It's not like people are like, oh, I don't care about my health. We are very like in tune to our health and our health needs. So I think teaching and informing young people about these chemicals and what they can do and how we don't even know what um, how it affects our bodies is really important. Right, exactly. So uh, speaking of health effects, let's move on to the next question. Uh, what are the common health effects that accompany vaping and are there short versus long-term effects or do we kind of need more research to answer a question like that? Yeah, so, you know, the commonly reported symptoms um, that, you know, doctors and, and pharmacists and people are hearing as a result of vaping are things like coughing and wheezing and shortness of breath and loss of taste or smell. 
Um, but another risk to your health is um, if you're vaping sometimes e-vali, which is e-cigarette or vaping use associated lung injury, um, that can happen and it can lead to hospitalization or death. And um, there was kind of a rise in e-vali cases due to some ingredients that were in THC vapes. And that was kind of on the rise for a while. Um, and it's something to be aware of. So just, uh, you know, important to stress, always know what you're breathing in, because if you don't know what's in that vape, that can lead to those kinds of things. Um, the long-term health risks are, are definitely still being studied because vaping is a relatively new thing, like something that's only really gained in popularity in the last five to 10 years. Like there still needs to be a lot of research on that. Um, but there is research looking at the correlation between vaping and various long-term health effects. And so we, we continue to monitor that for sure. So um, as you said, more research is definitely needed. Um, but there is enough evidence to really echo what Health Canada states in that, you know, youth and pregnant women and people who do not smoke should not vape. Right. And, and I'll add on to the health effects that you mentioned in, in a quick story about uh, from my life. Not saying that I vaped, but um, no, I didn't. It's actually a friend of mine. I'll keep them anonymous, obviously, for their safety. But uh, they, they came to me, obviously, knowing I worked with Alberta Lung. And they asked if I could help them with vape cessation. And uh, because they had vaped for, I can't remember, five, ten plus years. And they were feeling the side effects really hard. So some of the effects that they felt specifically um, were included brain fog, memory loss, reduced capacity for exercise, and even degraded sexual performance, which is obviously incredibly important. All of them are incredibly important and can incredibly affect someone's life. So yeah, the, the, the person came to me and said it, it, it kind of controls their life. It, it, it does so in a really bad way because they always have to have a pen nearby to be able to take a hit. And it's the nicotine that causes them to do that because it's so, so addictive. And yeah, it, the person on, honestly was distraught when they came to me and they, they just wanted help in any way possible. So that's my way to urge people to not start. And if you can, to try and stop. Yeah, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> um, so on to the next question. Uh, aside from the vape juice being uh, unhealthy in and of itself, extended exposure to nicotine, as I just mentioned, can cause some serious health, serious health issues as well. So can you elaborate that on that, Bethany? Yeah, for sure. So nicotine can affect memory and concentration, um, and it can alter brain development in teens, which is really worrisome. Um, and when young people use nicotine, it can cause reduced impulse control and cognitive and behavioral problems. And yeah, this is extremely concerning because as I mentioned earlier, vaping is more prevalent among youth and young adults under 25 when your brain is still developing. And we also know that almost all youth who are vaping are vaping with nicotine. And I guess another concern with nicotine, just, you know, aside from, you know, the breathing it in with vapes or cigarettes or whatever it is, is with vape juice, especially when it's handled incorrectly, or when you don't know what's in your vape, there are risks of nicotine poisoning. And we have heard of those, especially with small children who are accessing, not accessing vapes, but getting a, getting a hold on vapes, uh, maybe in someone's purse or something like that. And that can, that can look really dangerous as well with like nausea, vomiting, increased heart rate, headache, dizzy, fatigue, all those sorts of things as well. So um, again, when you're handling the vape juice or you don't know what's in your vape, that can, that can be a risk. Um, and we also know that nicotine can be kind of a, I guess for lack of a better word, a slippery slope, because research shows that youth who vape 
are five to seven times more likely to smoke than youth who do not vape. Um, and some studies suggest that using nicotine can um, lead to or increase your chances of using other drugs uh, since it opens up these pathways in your brain that make your brain more susceptible to addiction. So um, a lot of people say, well, it's just a vape. It's, you know, whatever. Nicotine's not doing much to me. It's fine. It's better than you know, doing a different drug. But like I said, those receptors in your brain are then more susceptible to other drugs. So uh, it can be a slippery slope. I don't want to say it's like a gateway drug, like like marijuana was, quote unquote, in the early 2000s and people were freaking out. Not saying inhaling marijuana is good for you. Obviously, both of us, all of us encourage that inhaling anything really into your lungs. That isn't fresh, clean air. It isn't good. But it, it can seem like a gateway drug, quote unquote, because, mm -hmm. oh, it's just a vape. Then, oh, I'm just smoking marijuana. Then you just keep going and keep going until you're at cigarettes and then you're at a pack a day and it and it escalates and it snowballs. So, yeah, that's good to know. And I was going to actually ask you, I was going to put you on the spot if you knew any stats about from youth vaping to cigarette use. And you said five to seven times more likely to start smoking. So that's yeah. that's and. And Go that's ahead. a generation of people who have always known that sm smoking is bad for them. Right. You know, like our smoking rates have declined significantly over the last, you know, decade to two decades of whatever of education on tobacco awareness. And so we still have youth, though, who they know it's bad for them, but they become so addicted to nicotine that then they, they take that next step to cigarettes. Right. Yeah, that's that's good to know. So I guess kind of a little bit switching. This is my last question specifically for Bethany, but um we'll switch a little bit more to the social and the advocacy side in this question. So personally, in my own experience, and I guess from high school, I have graduated university now, so I'm past that. But in my own experience from, from memory and from parties and social gatherings, I, I've noticed that vaping is kind of intimately connected with peer pressure. So Bethany, can you speak to that and maybe provide some advice for young adults out there who may encounter friends that do vape and maybe want to encourage them to do so as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like we do know that the youth who are vaping, especially underage youth are primarily getting their vape products from social sources like friends or classmates or older siblings. Uh, and so that peer pressure and the social environment that you mentioned, like really plays a huge role. Um, and we did see a very brief decline in vaping at the beginning of the pandemic um, and, and actually a greater intention to quit as well. For those who were vaping um, and you know we can almost guarantee that that's because kids were at home all the time and they weren't with their friends and that pressure to vape wasn't there because it's very much a social thing for some of those youth so um but as, as we've seen in the most recent surveys like those numbers are going back up again kids are starting to see their friends and go to parties and things like that so i guess for me as an older young adult so my friends and i we we see that vape companies will sometimes send industry reps to events and parties to advertise or offer products and so it's very much a part of those social settings. And, you know, I definitely want to turn it over to Darshana, who's kind of in that university setting right now and can speak to real life experience. But I guess my, my pieces of advice um, would be that, it, you know, educate yourself on what you're putting in your body and just, you know, think about it and have an informed decision. Like we can tell ourselves, we can tell ourselves that we're only vaping at parties or social gatherings, but just like cigarette smoking, it can very easily turn into a nicotine dependency because nicotine is one of the most addictive drugs in the world. Um, so, you know, with vaping versus smoking, it, it's the same addiction. It's just a different product. And my other piece of advice, and I'll end on this and then I'll turn to Darshana is if you're having trouble saying no to vaping in social situations, just remember that, you know, sharing vaping products means risking spreading diseases. And right now in our 
pandemic to post-pandemic world, that's something to be cautious of. And it can be kind of an easier out to say no if someone's offering you, you know, sharing their vape. So on that, I will turn it over to Darshana to kind of share her thoughts on this question. Yeah, um, I think for me, the pressure to fit in kind of started in high school, actually, the transition to there. Um, and when I was kind of more so exposed to the vaping culture, it kind of is part of social setting because you, you age um, into that young um, age group. And it's so interesting to see because there'd be people vaping outside of the school, people who would be like taking out their e-cigarettes in like the hallways just as they're leaving, right? And I think to just like see that and see that normalization really changes your perspective on, oh, is this really harmful for me if so many people are doing it? Um, especially because you're in that transition phase, right? Of, oh, I'm trying to make friends in grade nine and trying to fit in. Um, and so I think I have two pieces of advice kind of around that is the first is, I think it's really important how we talk about vaping with our peers or um, how we create those spaces, because I think there can be a lot of judgment from people who don't vape towards people who vape. And I think real and meaningful change can't really happen in a space where we're shaming people or making them feel like they're not included in the discussion. Um, and then I think my second piece of advice really has to go with the transition into high school or transitioning into university or whenever um, that process starts for you is that you can feel like, oh, if I do this, then I'm cool or I'll make some friends or the pressure because of your friends to vape. And I think just knowing that vaping isn't cool and if your friends are pressuring you to do something that you're not comfortable with, um, they're not really your friends. You say no and you'll find friends who support your decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. That's some really great advice. I, I love how you just blatantly vaping isn't cool, which is a fair point. It's not like if you're going to vape, if you're going to vape at social events, just think you're at a social event, maybe once a week, maybe if you're less social once every two weeks or once a month, but then you get addicted to it. So you're going to be, you're looking cool once a week on a weekend, but you're, you have a nicotine dependency every other day of the week. So it, it affects your life for looking cool for one day of the week. Who cares? <laughs> you know. And another thing that I'll just throw in there too about that, about it, you know, oh, everyone's doing it. It looks cool. You know, we, we do notice that our vaping numbers are rising among youth, but it's still, it's still not the majority. You know, most people aren't doing it. And so that's something to keep in mind too, as you know, a youth or young adult that's like looking around thinking everyone's doing it and all my friends are doing it and the peer pressure's there, not everyone is doing it. And so just to kind of reframe that, you know, less than half of youth have reported vaping. So just something to keep in mind as well. If not everyone's doing it, maybe it's not the cool thing. Right, exactly. So we've kind of, we've mentioned it, um, we've we've walked around it, but we haven't touched on it yet. Uh, I've been talking about Youth for Change. That's a social program out of, Lung Sask, and um, let's let's get right into that right now. So, uh, Darshana, maybe you can tell us what Youth for Change is, also known as you guys call it Y4C, and why uh, why it's so important to the lung health landscape in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I think um, as a young person, I I know that youth are powerful, and I think it's really crucial that we are part of the conversation and actively part of the process to creating change um, in regards to issues that affect us. Um, and I think what Youth for Change uh, really did is it created a space for youth to feel empowered, to use our voices, um, to create change on this issue of vaping and lung health that deeply affects them. So I was part of Youth for Change in 2018 when it first started. And the reason why was because there was no regulation of vaping in Saskatchewan. 
I think to sum up kind of what Youth for Change is in one sentence is it's a youth-led group um, working to inform youth about the unknown and harmful effects of vaping, as Bethany mentioned earlier, as well as advocating for legislation around vaping. Um, and we've done some pretty interesting things as a group. Um, obviously, Bill 182, the Tobacco Control Amendment Act, and I think leading up to that is we've done a lot of petitioning for the government with uh, science fair style presentations to the MLAs, postcards, petitions, creating a website, social media. And then also the second half of it is education and really informing young people about uh, the harmful effects and unknown effects of vaping through our no vaping resources and social media. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's a, such a good initiative. And, and we need more people talking about it, especially more youth, because I know personally for me and at Alberta Lung, we've been talking about how it's okay. We, we do in, in school presentations sometimes, and it's okay for an older person to, to talk because they obviously they're knowledgeable and they know their stuff. But sometimes at least my boss has told me that it, it holds a lot more power when, when younger people and youth talk about these things because they know that we're passionate about it and, and it can affect everyone, not only older people. So that's really amazing. Uh, so in April and November of 2019, Youth for Change made multiple trips to the Saskatchewan legislature. And specifically in November, the group was invited for the announcement of new provincial vaping legislation. Can you tell us why those trips were so important and how Y4C has made impacts at a policy level? Yeah, so um, in April 2019, Youth for Change went to the Saskatchewan legislature and we kind of did a science-style presentation to the MLA talking about why we need vaping regulation. Um, and I think out of the many activities that we've done um, with Youth for Change, it's one of my favorite activities, just because I think back to the team that we had in 2019, that's like three years ago. So we were a very young team and we had like 11 year olds and 10 year olds, and they were so passionate and dedicated to like creating these presentations, to, to talking to these MLAs and trying to get them to understand that, hey, this is an issue that really affects us and you need to do something about it. Um, and I just, I think back to that and I'm so inspired by it. Um, and then it was also really interesting because we got to meet other youth from Saskatchewan, um, not only in Saskatoon, but we had students from the University of Regina. We had the Pipot Cree Nation youth groups that we met up with. Um, I think it was also a really good experience in learning how to effectively and efficiently convey a message that you have as a group. Um, so we had a couple different messages that we wanted to convey. One of them was age. Um, and a big reason why was because of the access um, and brain health development. I think if you are selling babies to 17-year-olds, it's really easy then for 14-year-olds in social settings that we just mentioned to get that access to, the, to those babies. Um, and then Ben and he obviously mentioned the brain health development effects. Uh, um, so that was one of the reasons why age was a really important thing. Um, and the promotion and advertising of vapes and where they can be sold are both really big issues because um, they can really encourage you to vape. Um, and then obviously the flavors was another major message that we had because of how enticing they can be. Um, and then, yeah, I think in 2019, we went back a second time in November um, for Bill 182, which is the Tobacco Amendment Control Amendment Act. And it was it was really empowering, I think, to go back the second time because I think sometimes when you're trying to create change, you're like, oh, as a young person, what can I really do? But then we actually got to see, you know, the policies, the messages that we wanted to have um, included 
be included in that policy. And um, it was really empowering. Yeah, that's amazing. Were, were you a part of that uh, that trip, Bethany? Or the, uh, sorry, that would have been before your time at Lens That was before my time, yeah. But I've, I've seen lots of photos and I've heard lots of great stories. So really proud to see the work that they've done before right. before I got here. <laughs> yeah, both Bethany and I started kind of sort of recently, Bethany, before myself. And we both have the exact same title. So I have to remember that better when you started. <laughs> Uh, so in terms, you mentioned uh, flavors, Darshana, vaping flavors. Can you tell us about the Provincial Vape Flavors campaign in the summer of 2020? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that the Provincial Vape Flavors campaign of 2020 really taught me was that, like, you know, in 2019, when this bill was passed, it, it showed us that, like, you know, that was a great, good first step, but it didn't include all of the messages that we wanted, in, which was flavors, to be a part of it. And it shows me how really policy work and how change really happens as a young person. You know, you don't get that in the first time, but that doesn't mean that you stop and you go back in and you try again. I think that's what Jen would always tell us with, um, with that campaign. Um, and I think the reason why flavors are so important to us to be included and be uh, regulated and why we wanted to have a ban on all flavors was because of how enticing they can be to young people. Um, flavors like bubblegum, strawberry, like donuts, these flavors are like made for young people. And they're not because, you know, people who are older would want to try that out. It's so that younger people can get it get hooked on and can try it out and then later get addicted to nicotine. Um, I was really shocked when I learned that there was like over 8,000 vape flavors that were there. I'm like, that's, that's a huge margin of group of uh, flavors to choose from. Um, I think there's some really also interesting statistics that I learned um, was that flavors was one of the top three positive aspects of vaping for youth. And just under half of users claimed they would quit vaping if flavors were removed. So these statistics really showed us as a group that we need to ban flavors if we want to reduce the number of youth that are vaping. So we created a social media campaign. Um, we used postcards. We are one of our hashtags was I am not a target, um, which was directly talking to the tobacco industry saying that you cannot target us through these flavors. Right. Yeah. It's also funny. I, th I think of, a I have a couple of thoughts. The first is that when we talk about vaping as a tobacco cessation thing, you can't tell me a farmer from rural Saskatchewan or rural Alberta is going to his local convenience store and picking up a blue raspberry lemonade e-cigarette to help him quit his tobacco habit. You know, like that, that just doesn't make any sense. He, He'd want either the tobacco flavor or flavorless. That's my opinion. And then also in terms of specific flavors, like you, you can't tell me these aren't targeting kids, not even like general flavors like bubblegum and strawberry, but they're making like ridiculous flavors. Like I'm just looking on, on Google right now and I'm seeing black curtain, black currant cotton candy. Like that, that's not made for kids. Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. But yeah. So flavors are obviously really important to note and, it's important to to fight for that and to fight for legislation. So in terms of switching gears a little bit and education, obviously it's, it's incredibly important for all of us in the roles that we play for Bethany and I with our health promotion roles. And obviously for you as well, Darshana, with your volunteer and ambassador role. 
So I'm wondering if maybe both of you can touch on the educational resources that Youth for Change developed known as the no vaping resources. Yeah, I think um, one of the reasons why I really like the no vaping resources is because like in the mission of Youth for Change is two parts, right? Advocacy is one part, but educating youth is the other part. Um, I think it's really important to create legislation and work on that process, but it's equally as important that the people who these bills are created for and who they affect really understand what they need and what they're about. Um, and I think one of the reasons why education is so important because a lot of young people don't think that vaping is harmless, is, is harmless, um, or that there's no consequences to their brain development, to their lung health. And teaching them um, through the Provincial Vaping Advisory Committee um, that we were a part of, we created educational resources, we created videos um, for teachers and students in two age groups, one was grade four to six and seven to nine, which we thought were a really good age group to start the, the learning before they got, you know, into the peer pressure um, and had that knowledge to kind of, uh, before that came. Right. C can you speak to the resources a little bit as well, Bethany? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, the, yeah, the No Vaping resources have actually just recently been launched, which we're really excited about. Um, and as Darshana alluded to, like there was a, there was a provincial, um, Vaping. Oh, sorry, Darshana, you were a part of it before I started. What was it called? The, provincial... uh, the Vaping Advisory Committee. Provincial Vaping Advisory Committee. Thank you. Um, and that had support from, you know, Saskatchewan's Ministries of Health and Education. There were teachers on that on that uh, group as well. A couple different organizations. And then obviously that input from the youth, um, the Youth for Change volunteers, which was, you know, so great to have all those different perspectives at the table. Um, to, to really build these resources. And they're now available on our LungSAS website for teachers to use in their grades four to six and seven to nine classrooms. Um, and the nice thing about them too is that they align with the, the health curricular outcomes in classrooms as well. That was really important that, that we, you know, adding work for teachers that we were building it into their health curriculum. Um, and we're, we're really proud of these resources and excited to have them available to teachers. Um, and we think it's important information to have out there. You know, what, what are vapes? Why, why are they addicting? What is nicotine? What is it doing to your brain? Um, peer pressure and social media influence, like that's all covered in these resources. And we think that's important information, not only for, for youth to know, but for teachers to know how to deliver that content as well. And um, as I've said now many times, and as Darshana has said as well, like vaping is prevalent in youth and it's important that they make educated decisions about their health, their lung health, what they're putting in their bodies. So we're really excited about these resources and, uh, and getting them out in our province. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And, and speaking of province, I, it, it's really great to note that Youth for Change isn't only provincial, it's also gone national recently. So in 2021, Youth for Change launched a national vape flavors campaign. And I'm wondering, Darshan, if you can explain how this campaign sort of turned Youth for Change from a provincially recognized group into a sort of full-blown national social movement and maybe touch on how you used social media to help your team reach its goals. Yeah, I think the, um, the 2021 uh, National Vape Savings Campaign was kind of a, um, like taking the work that we did in 2020 and continuing it and taking it more to a national um, broader scale. And the reason kind of why was because around this time, the federal government was looking to announce new legislation around vape flavors. And so Youth for Change was like, we want to ban all vape flavors so that young people are not being enticed to vape. 
Um, especially um, mint, we wanted to include as well. Bethany mentioned that it's one of the top three flavors um, that youth use. And um, that was really important for us to include there. I think it was really interesting to see how we use social media to create our content and um, to engage our youth. Um, I learned a lot about it, whether it was like color scheming, the language that we're using so that we can um, you know, target young people and bring them onto the conversation. Um, we used TikTok and Instagram reels. Um, we posted, and I think it was so interesting. Comment sections I found the most interesting, and like the reels were fun and everything. But just to see the conversations that we created um, with young people, um, it's just, it's really interesting how the myths that people believe. I think um, that like I mean, there's comments that say like vaping is safe. Uh, regulating vaping would make people turn to smoking um, is another fear that people have. So it's, I think it just shows how important um, education is um, that those comments really made. And I think it's really important to start those conversations. Um, I also think it was just in general, such an incredible experience meeting people from across Canada. Um, we had people from BC, Alberta, you know, Toronto, Ontario, and just learning that they're as invested and as engaged as we are in this issue. Yeah, that's amazing. So, and I, I remember Bethany, you telling me about one of the videos on uh, Youth for Change, uh, their TikTok, and it hit something like 3.2 million views or something. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think we're at 3.4. And like, wow. I do not understand the TikTok algorithm because we have not had any videos that have, you know, gotten quite that high since, but we have a couple of videos like with views in the thousands and it's, it is crazy. It is. And like, like Darshana was saying, like all of the comments that came to those videos, like whether it was the viral one or the other ones, and it's just, it kind of almost guides our future content, right? Like, oh, well, if this is something that people are believing, we should probably educate them on it. And so, um, yeah, creating like, like you said, like reels or TikTok videos that, that talk about the byproducts of what's in vape juice and how you are breathing in formaldehyde and things like that, because a lot of people don't believe that's true. And so, yeah, it, it was interesting to see the reach that it had and the comments that came in, but yeah, that one video was 3.4 million views and we were, we were not ready for the fame. <laughs> do you remember, do, do you know by chance what the content of that exact video was and why it got so huge? I, I think it got huge because of the song that oh. was with it. it. It went viral for that reason. But the content of the video was actually about what people think is in vapes versus what's actually in them. So, you know, when people say flavoring, and I think we have like a, like a reel of someone throwing Smarties in a bowl or something <laughs> like that to, you know, cut with the flavors and stuff like that. So I think that was the content of that video. <laughs> right. Very cool. No, it, it, it's amazing to know that something like that had, had that kind of reach because it's obviously just doing our it, it, it's making our jobs a little easier in that we can reach more people faster and, and and people are sharing and stuff like that so that's amazing i okay perfect so i guess kind of to wrap things up i'll i'll ask each of you if if you have any kind of final tidbits or or maybe you'd like to plug um youth for changes instagram or or bethany you could plug lung sask um i'll start with you darshana if you want to any final thoughts and anything you want to get off your chest before we wrap up I have muted, sorry, so you did not hear that. Uh, but no, I think my final thoughts is um, just to be used. If, first of all, if this issue, um, you know, is something that you're passionate about, join Youth for Change, first of all. We'd love to have you on board. Um, and secondly, if you're thinking about vaping or if you want to find out more information, do go to our Instagram page. You'll find out more, 
reasons why not to vape and you can make an educated decision and have the power of education to guide that decision. Perfect. Thank you. And and now Bethany, if you want to kind of wrap up on your side. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, again, just uh, if, if you are, you know, in that youth age group and you want to know a little bit more uh, in content, that's kind of been a little bit more tailored to your age group. Um, our Instagram and our TikTok. We also have an email address if you are interested in joining. Um, so our TikTok and Instagram have the same handle. It's youth for the number four change CA. Um, when we went national, we went with CA instead of SK. So youth for change CA is both our Instagram and TikTok. Our email address is youth for change again with the number four at lungsask.ca. Um, and I guess, yeah, the last thing that I would say too is whether, whether you're a youth or whether you're a parent, um, there are re- resources out there to help educate you more on vaping. Um, you know, the, the harms of it, the, the things that you need to consider if it's something that you're wanting to do. Because we have a lot of parents too that also think that it's flavoring in water, right? And so like leaning on your lung health charities, finding the information that's out there. There's lots of good one-pagers, even with Health Canada, they've got good resources for talking to your kids about vaping. CAMH has those resources as well. So there, there are there, there's information out there to learn a little bit more um, to have those conversations either with your friends, with your children, whatever that looks like. So um, definitely seek those out. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I'd like to thank both of you again. I'd like to thank Bethany Dick of Lung Sask and Darshana Lanky, Youth for Change Ambassador, for joining us on the Unsung Lung podcast today. And with that, I'll send us through right to the outro. What an amazing discussion with Bethany and Darshana about the dangers of vaping. I really love how something that is truly detrimental to one's health can bring youth together in a way that Youth for Change has had. It speaks to the power that lung health advocacy holds and how a goal can really unite youth throughout Canada to step up and demand change. As always, I just have a few concluding points before we wrap up this edition of the Unsung Lung Podcast. Firstly, I'd just like to talk about vape flavors and how they specifically target youth and just how really and and frankly it's kind of disgusting how how you have these flavors uh, even above and beyond typical fruity flavors quote-unquote like strawberry or apple but how you have things like cotton candy and blue raspberry and just flavors that completely aren't meant to help adults quit smoking and act as a smoking cessation aid and how they're really meant to actually bring up a new generation of smokers so that they hope they get you on the vape and then the vape leads to the cigarette and then on and on and on and on and you're a recurring customer so I think that's really important and we have to get behind our legislatures and push for anti-flavor flavoring uh, campaigns it can't be a thing anymore it, it's just horrible the amount of chemicals that you ingest that not sorry not that you ingest that you breathe in it it really it can't be a thing anymore and we have to keep advocating we have to talk to our policymakers, and we have to fight to help youth across Canada another point that I'd like to make is about the limited research as vaping is so new but the limited research that has already discovered serious side effects that come along with vaping and who knows what additional long-term side effects might be discovered with additional research so we just have to keep pushing for more research to be done, more advocacy to be done, because the more we talk about it, the more we say how displeased we are with tobacco companies and how this is pushing more kids to start smoking, 
the faster we get more research dollars and we learn about the long-term health effects because vaping's really only been around for about a decade. Smoking's been around obviously for a lot longer and it took us so many decades to figure out how bad smoking is. So we need that kind of elevated research to find out how bad vaping is. So just keep talking about it. As I said in my last point, keep keep talking to legislatures, to people in your community who who can influence change and you can as well. So just keep talking about things that need to change, especially with vaping. My third and final point is just to congratulate Darshana and the entire Youth for Change team for the amazing outreach that they've done across Saskatchewan and all over Canada. It's amazing to gain that much traction with a health initiative, especially across their social media channels. So I really, I would like to congratulate them on behalf of all of us at Alberta Lung with Lung Saskatchewan being a part of the Lung Health family. We're all, we're all in this together. We're all trying to minimize and honestly, the end goal is to eradicate lung disease. So really kudos to them and the team for their continued advocacy and, and just amazing work that they've done in the community. So yeah. To learn more about Youth for Change and the initiatives offered at Lung Saskatchewan, visit www.lungsask.ca. I'll also be sure to add links in the show notes to some of the research cited in this interview, as well as direct links to some of the Youth for Change initiatives. For educational resources and programs within Alberta, go to www.ablung.ca and click on the What We Do tab or the Your Health tab. Both lead to educational information and programs varying from asthma infographs to our own research projects that we funded. If you'd like to submit a topic suggestion for a future episode, go to www.ablung.ca forward slash unsung lung. There you can find a survey about the pod and submit something you'd personally like to learn about. Okay, well, I think... That about wraps it up for this month's edition of the Unsung Lung Podcast. And I'll just close with our motto, just remember to breathe.